Heavenly Father, thank you for these truths that we got to sing today. Emmanuel, God with us, light of the world. Thank you for this invitation to come. God, I just know with all, all the festivities, I think about my own family, God, it can be really easy right now in this moment to just be thinking about what's next. But God, we, we, we believe that, that your word is active and powerful and, and you have a, a message for us this evening, for each of us here. And I pray, Lord, that, that, that we would, in this moment, that we would take these words seriously. And that when you say listen and hear from me, that, that we would open up our ears and that would be a sign of our hearts being opened by your spirit. I pray that you would speak, God. And that we would respond to your gentle invitation. We are so grateful, Lord. We are so grateful for Christmas. We are so grateful for this moment to be together, to remember the incredible truth of Christmas. Have your way in this time, God. Spirit of God, speak in your name we pray. Amen. So this morning, I, was just, I keep saying this morning, I'm so used to that. That's like my go-to. This evening, as we think about Christmas Eve, we have our Christmas Eve candlelight service. I've been doing this, I believe, I might have to check my mom on this, 38 years. 38 years of lighting a candle and going to church and, and thinking about the significance of Christmas Eve as a family, and there's all this nostalgia all this anticipation and expectation and gratitude and anticipation that I feel. And as I was thinking about this message and thinking about our time together and thinking about Christmas Eve and the beautiful, rich message of Christmas, I was just thinking about what, represent, what is represented by these candles. Here at Cornerstone, we've been lighting a candle every single Sunday for the last four weeks. Today, we light the Christ candle. And we look at that and we see the warmth and we think about the, the beauty that a candle represents, the beauty that light represents. Light, what does it do? It, it, it illuminates the way. It warms us. It also eliminates the darkness. And as I was thinking about this and thinking about just the fact that all of us, hopefully, if we have enough, are all holding candles. And right now, our candles are not lit. They're just little sticks of wax with some string in them. And how, from a distance, Jesus can be really convenient. Now, looking at this from a distance, Jesus, it's very convenient to, to be far from him. The idea of Jesus, the idea of, of faith in him, the, the, the promises and the benefits sound great. But this whole idea of a relationship, this whole idea of my heart being lit up by this divine presence of, of coming to faith is a little uncomfortable. It's like any relationship, right? The idea of a relationship is great, but then you get to know somebody. You take them on a date, or you have kids. You ever remember that, 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 that night of coming home and maybe spending a week, the first, the first time you have children, and thinking, what did I get myself into? When am I going to sleep, right? 
or thinking about relationships and thinking, oh, you're so deeply in love and it's so perfect. And then you start to get to know this person and it starts getting a little messy. Am I right? And as we think about this and we think about Christianity and, and the faith and what the light represents, it seems to me as I was thinking about this and, and all of our distance in this moment from the Christ candle, as I had this, this thought that I wanted us to chew on today, and it's this. You see, Jesus, from a distance, is convenient. But Jesus didn't come for your convenience. Jesus came for your heart. Jesus didn't come for your and my convenience. Jesus came for your heart. And the question of Christmas is, what will we do with this invitation? What will we do with this invitation from Jesus? This is the confession of the Christian faith. And we see this in the passage that we read today in Isaiah chapter 55. We've been studying Isaiah this entire month. We've been looking at this, this prophetic book that was written to a people hundreds of years ago. And they were in exile. And they were in Babylon, and they were in darkness. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, it says that the people, they were walking in darkness. They were, they were hopeless, and it says that they see a great light, and you see this hope enter in. And you see these promises as you read through the book of Isaiah that there would be a child who would be born, and what would we name him? Emmanuel, we sang those songs, God with us. He would come to us. I mean, as we read through the book of Isaiah, this prophetic word for God's people, we see these invitations that not only would he be Emmanuel, he would also be what we would call a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. And there's this hope and anticipation and this gratitude, but there's this question of how close should I get? There's this question that I feel, this tension of how close can we get? And we see in Isaiah 53, that the one who would come would not just come as a conquering king, he would come as a suffering servant, a spotless lamb, to take away the sins of the world. And then we get to Isaiah 55 and we have this invitation. From the, what I believe to be the very mouth of the Savior. And it's really this, this point that I think is so perfect on Christmas Eve. It's this point that, that, that is an invitation to you and an invitation to me. And the question is, what am I going to do with the invitation? And my challenge to you and challenge to myself as I preach to myself is this. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. This word come, it's five times written in these three verses. It's, 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 this, it's this culmination of invitation. It's this idea to you and to me that we are invited to come. Look at what it says. He says, come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. This truth that we, we can't even afford. Our, our sin, our darkness overwhelms us. Yet, yet because of Isaiah 53, because of Jesus' work on the cross, we, and because of grace, we are invited to come. To come as we are to come buy and eat, to come buy wine and milk without money and without price. There's this beautiful invitation of Christmas to come. 
And this is such a unique piece to the Christian faith. In the, in the Christian faith, we are told that, because, that this invitation to come is something that we don't earn. It's not something that we can do. Oftentimes in, in religion and faith, we, we have this idea that, that we are called to make our way up the mountain, that we are called to earn our way to God. We must do these things and, and accomplish these things and say these prayers and live in this way. But the truth of, of Christianity is that, is that we all fall short and we can't make it up the mountain. And Christmas says that God comes down the mountain to us. That he's Emmanuel, that he is God with us, and he's inviting you and me to come. Now, this invitation to come is a profound invitation. But it's also, I hear this, it's a dangerous invitation. It's, a da it's, it's, it's an invitation to follow. But it's also an invitation that we long for it seems to me that as we think about this invitation, for many of us, it's so easy to get distracted or to think of, are there other ways, are there other things that I can do? Because I have this desire in me, I have this thirst or this hunger in me, you know, as I think about what, I'm, what, am, I, what am I living for? What is going to light up my life? Perhaps it's your family, it's having everyone together. Perhaps. It's a promotion, or it's getting that job, or paying off your house, or having a wonderful retirement, whatever it may be. And here, as we look at this invitation from the Lord, this invitation to come to Jesus, there's this caution here, too. There's this correction here. It says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Why, as I think about what I'm living for, as I think about what lights up my heart and my life, have I maybe got a little distracted at times? Or perhaps I've gone to, to a substance, to alcohol or drugs or, or a, a broken relationship or finding my own meaning in my family or, 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 or finding my own meaning in these other things and I find that to be empty and we hear these stories time and time again. It reminds me of Jesus' interaction with, a, with this woman at, a, at the well. Jesus in his ministry has said that he was, he was with, he was at a well in the middle of the day. It says that a, a Samaritan woman comes to him. It's in the middle of the day. She's most likely someone who's been who's had a lot of really hard things happen to her, made some hard, some bad decisions in her life and been a victim of a whole bunch of horrible things. And she comes to Jesus and Jesus offers her water and he says this, everyone who drinks of this water will never be thirsty again. Whoever drinks of this water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the invitation from Jesus. Later on in chapter seven, it seems that Jesus himself, 400 years after the Isaiah 55 passage that we wrote is written, he declares these truths. He says, I am the one that this was about. And so crazy to me to think about all these prophecies in Isaiah that were written about the incarnation that come true. And that he declares, and what are we going to do with that invitation? 
My hope is that today, on this Christmas Eve, that you would join me in considering this invitation to come. And I believe this invitation to come to Jesus is not a one-time thing. It's an invitation for all of us to continually come to the Lord, come to him, to, to let him do a work in us, to, be, to have our lives lit up by his presence. This is the whole point of Christmas, that God comes to us. And so in this passage, it seems to me that he's inviting you, he's inviting me to come. And kids, this is for you too. Teenagers, this is for you too. This is for all of us. We are invited right now in this moment as we are to confess faith and to come to Jesus. This is what our confession believes. It's an invitation to come to Jesus, but not just to come to Jesus. Part two, listen to him. It's one thing to say, yeah, I believe. It's one thing to say, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'll confess. I, I'm a Christian. I follow that, that or I believe that. But here in Isaiah, Jesus is not just telling you and me and the people of God to come to him. He's telling us also to listen to him. Look at what it says. It says, listen diligently to me. This word for listen is a Hebrew word called shema. There's a whole other sermon on that, but Tristan told me I have a time limit, so I can't get into that. It says, listen to me. And in this prophet, this Hebrew poetry, the prophet is connecting listening with action. He says, listen to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love covenant. We are invited to come and not just to come, but to be changed. Here at Cornerstone, what do we say? That Jesus changes everything. That if we would we respond to this invitation, that, that we would come to him, that he, he, he'll do a work in us. And how do we listen? We, we look at his word. We read the Bible. We pray. We, we're part of faith community. And I would encourage you, whatever your walk looks like, to consider this today. To perhaps step outside of, of the nostalgia and the tradition of Christmas Eve and to consider, could this be true? Or maybe to be reminded that this very light is an invitation to all of us. Whether you're me, 38th year of Christmas Eve service, and lighting up that candle, and every time I, I, I light it, I think, I, I believe this to be true. I believe that this light represents the very presence of God. And as I look at it, I, 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 I picture it lighting up my life. I picture and I remember all the ways that God has changed me. Or I think of my friend Dave. In his first Christmas Eve service just here last year. And his coming here to Cornerstone and his, his coming to faith and his or being reminded of his faith, him being here and, 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 and today being able to say, I've been here for a whole year and, and confessing his faith and, and enjoying him coming to Jesus and having that change. And I think of everything in between that the invitation of Isaiah 55 is for you and me to come to Jesus and to listen to him. And as we do that, he does something in us. 
my challenge to each of you today is so simple. Come and listen. In a few moments, we're gonna light this room up in a good way, I hope. I'll say a prayer. And as I pray, I'll come and I'll light off the Christ candle, the, the representation of Emmanuel God with us. And as that lights up, the lights will go down and we'll have just that and we'll sing this wonderful song and close the silent night. And my hope for us, church family, beloved, right now in this moment, is that all of us, as we anticipate that moment of having this candle lit, the warmth of it, that we would be reminded of what it represents. There would let it be a time for us to come to Jesus, to listen to him, to consider what would happen in our lives, in our community, should we respond in this way. And as this place lights up to be remembered that we believe, as Isaiah said, that though people walk in darkness, they have seen a great light. And that we are a people of light, that we are a people of, of joy and gratitude and anticipation. And I just wanna invite you to join in this to be reminded of these truths with me and to let the confession of our faith ring true as we sing this together. Would you pray with me? Light of the world, you stepped down into our darkness. Jesus, we, we believe that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, that's true. And we believe that you came to save us and you invite each of us, God, to be in this relationship with you that you tell us if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we will be saved and we step into a right relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, in this moment as we light up these candles, God, as we sing together, I pray that you would strengthen our faith I pray, God, that your light would truly shine in those really dark, hard things that we're walking through, God, that we would have an awareness to your very presence in that. That we would know that you come to us, you come to our mess, you come to our pain, you come to our hurt, and you shine in that, God. And you also bring joy and gratitude and merriness, God. I pray that the joy of Christmas would flood this place. I pray, Jesus, that we would encounter you in powerful ways on this Christmas Eve. We love you. In your name we pray.